So we are in a series called Goodness Gracious, and what we're talking about is the goodness of the kingdom of God. And the good news, the gospel, is the, the, the meaning of the word gospel is good news, the good news of Jesus Christ. And so over the last few weeks, we've been talking about this idea that Jesus has ushered in a new kingdom. Uh, we, he even prayed, thy kingdom come on earth as it is in heaven. And we've been talking about all the different ways, the good news of the kingdom, the fact that we can have peace when things are out of our control. We can have joy in the midst of heartache. He can turn our mourning into dancing. Like this can really happen and it really can. And so this morning, what I want to talk to you about is this idea of joy, um, I don't know if you, you know, for those of you who are married or whatever, um, most of the times in my life where I've experienced the most joy, it's because I took the biggest risk. So uh, I first asked my wife out uh, on our first date uh, 40 years ago, okay? And so it was in high school, and, um, and uh, I, I wanted to, because I don't like risk at all, like I'm risk averse, I had to ask one of her friends if she could find out that if I asked Lisa out on a date, uh, what, what would be the you know, potential answer of, of yes, and if it's not yes, then just, I'm, I'm out, you know, because I, I, I didn't want to be, you know, you ask somebody, you put yourself uh, out there. So by the way, that's called triangulation, and it's really unhealthy, but I was 16 years old, okay? So give me a break. <laughs> All right, so... Uh, so I ask Tina, Tina, do you think, and she comes back and, you know, yes, I think she's going to say yes. So then I ask Lisa out. Now, my biggest joy in life is my relationship with my wife. And if I hadn't gotten over the fear of asking her, I would have missed out on that joy. We took the risk of having kids, okay? Those kids are our biggest joy. But you know that you take a risk when you have kids because you don't know how they're going to turn out. And when you have them, your life is over, okay, for a period of time, okay? Yeah, all the parents are like, amen, brother, preach, preach, right? Yeah. You know, because your life becomes about them, about everything about them. And that's, that's the way it should be. And so when you have a baby, you, you take this big risk and you, you, you're, you're, you kind of look, look at things through another lens. I, I will never have the joy of what it feels like to jump out of a plane and have a parachute open up, right? But that's Lisa, okay? So she has experienced the joy of jumping out of a plane and flying around in a parachute. I will never experience that because I'm not willing to take the risk, right? I've, I will never have the joy of getting a tattoo, okay? Because this, this is probably what would happen, okay? And I can't take the risk. I have nothing against tattoos. Nothing at all. I just know myself and I don't make very wise decisions. And I would get something that to me meant like people are awesome. And in two weeks, it would be like the new Nazi symbol. And I'd have it like on, on my arm, you know. And they're like, why, why are you so racist? I'm like, it was supposed to mean I love everybody. Now it means something else, right? So I'll never, I'll never have that joy. But I'll bet the same is true for you, though. That if you go back over your life and you think of your greatest joys, it was probably around when you decided to take 
your biggest risk. Maybe it's a relationship. Maybe it is children. Uh, maybe it's asking someone to marry you, whatever, whatever it is. And so this morning, just the brief time we have, I, I just wrote this down, that many times our greatest joys come from our greatest risks. The times we take a chance. The times that we move out even when it's scary. The time that we, we, we say, you know what? Uh, I'm in this abusive relationship and it has to end now and this is going to be tough and you just, you have to cut it off. The time when you have to leave that job and you don't have another job but it's toxic here or what have you or maybe you, you decide you get, you get, you're going to get relocated to another state and that idea of like, well, we're going to leave our family, our friends, like we're going to another state. Uh, oftentimes our greatest joys come from our greatest risks, maybe starting a business or something like that. And so what we're going to do is we're going to look at the uh, Christmas story this morning and uh, see a group of people that took an amazing risk. Um, and uh, these were people who, when the, when the word of God says that the kingdom of God has come for all people, it means all people. It doesn't matter the color of your skin, your socioeconomic st uh, status, how educated you are or anything. God looks at us all the same. And it's all people. So here's the story. It's found in Luke chapter 2, verses, uh, we'll start in verse 1, and uh, we'll be going through in uh, a, a couple months, we'll be going through the book of Luke, um, and it's, it's kind of really cool. What we're going to do is I'm going to preach it on Sunday, and then Dr. Metcalf, who is a professor of theology at Fuller, who attends our church here, um, he will be doing a midweek thing to talk about what, it's, what it was like historically during that time, politically, all these different things. So uh, we'd love to have you join us for that. But um, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, okay? So at this point, Israel is occupied by Rome. This was the first census that took, uh, census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So this is what it would be like. Okay, let's say, let's say you're, you're, whoever you're going to vote for this year or gets into office, right? And the first thing they do is they say every American has to go to their hometown and check off a box. That would mean that I would have to fly to Watchung, New Jersey. That's where I was born. And, and so don't feel sorry for me. I can see it on your face. <laughs> You're like, New Jersey? Like, it's a fine state. Anyway, uh, so I would have to somehow get back there. And that would be infuriating, right? And this is what happened with Joseph and Mary. The, 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 the Roman emperor goes, no, everyone's going to their uh, hometown. So that's what happens. They go to their hometown to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house of the line of David. Now, we don't have time to get into that, but that's a really big deal because when you look through the Old Testament, the king of kings is going to come through the line of David. So this checks off that prophetic box for Jesus. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born. So Mary is just about to give birth, and she has to ride a donkey, right, down these roads. It wasn't, there was no fast track, okay? Like, there, you're just in, going on a donkey, right? Pre pregnant, she does it. She's, she's awesome. Uh, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. 
She wrapped him in clothes and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. Now, I, I don't know about you, but when I look at the scriptures like this, I always like to ask myself some questions. Why in the world, if God chose to come down to earth, would he come in the form of a baby? That is really hard to believe. And for some of you who might be new to the Bible or new to Christianity, you're like, yeah, man, I just don't understand it. And I, I get you. If I were God, I would come down on, a, on an asteroid like or a, or a comet or some, a flying horse. I, I would just make one. And I'd just fly in, and, I, and I'd be like nine feet tall. I mean, it would just be amazing. And, but our, your heavenly father decided to make it a baby. What we call it, we call it, is a, the fancy word for it is called the incarnation. It means that God took on our, our body, our flesh. Now, I'll touch on this a little bit more, but I just want you to know, I ask the same questions you do when I get to the Bible. There was no guest room available for them. He couldn't, the God of the universe couldn't, like, one room in a Motel 6. <laughs> like, he chooses a manger. God is choosing all these things in order to establish his kingdom. And one of the reasons I believe it is because, uh, believe he did it this way, is to tell us in very clear terms, my kingdom is unlike your kingdom. My ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Yeah, I'm going to come as a baby. And then and we'll see it in just a second. So we get to the good part. There were some shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. So you can just imagine these shepherds. Um, I can't get into it all, but these were the, these would be poor workers. They would be day laborers. As a matter of fact, at this particular time, shepherds testifying in court, uh, you, you wouldn't have a shepherd testify in court, right? And so this is, this is what they're doing. They're taking care of the flock. And you can kind of imagine, because there's no light pollution back then. So it's just dark, except for what you get from the moon and what you get from the stars. And can you imagine being in the desert or in the hills? And, or, and you look up and you see, the, have you ever been somewhere where there's no light pollution? And you just look up and you go, oh my goodness, look at all those stars. That's, that's how they live their life. So they're keeping watch of their flocks by night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And here's what I want you to understand, what the Bible says next. They were terrified. They were terrified. And I would be terrified as well, right? And so <clears throat> when you get terrified, like some of you might be going through some real anxiety now. Maybe you don't know what 2024 is going to look like for you. Maybe you don't know what your marriage is going to look like in a year. Maybe you don't know if you're trying to have kids. You don't know if you will have kids. Maybe your, your, your company is being run by monkeys and you're afraid that they're going to shut the plant down or whatever because they don't know what they're doing. Management has no clue. And you're terrified. You're in this place. But we have to remember that for them, the kingdom of God is now showing up for them. And so look what happens. Uh, the angels, you know, you guys know, angel 101, what's the first thing you say when you see somebody? Do not be afraid. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. Okay, good, good job, angel. I bring you what? Good news. I bring you the gospel that will cause great joy for all 
the people, all of them, every single one, even the terrified ones, even the ones who, who aren't, you know, elevated in our culture. This is the kingdom of God. It gathers the weak and the marginalized and the left behind. And it says, I'm going to come as a baby because culture would have me ride in on a comet, like some dumb pastor's idea, right? But, but this is a different kingdom. It's a different kingdom in every single way than what culture establishes. Jesus actually said this about joy. I, I cheated and I grabbed uh, a little bit out of John's just because I can. Jesus, when, he, when he's talking to his disciples, so you picture baby Jesus, and now Jesus is older, he's got his disciples, he's establishing his, his kingdom. How does he describe it? He says this, I've told you this, that my joy may be in you. That my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be complete. And so the angels come and they say, do not be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy for all the people today. In the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You'll find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Uh, okay, again, that's the sign? Like, the angels couldn't say, you know, even the wise men got a star, right? But they're like, no, 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 here's your sign. You're just going to find a baby in a manger. Like, oh, like no neon or, you know. Messiah, you know. No, it's just that. It's amazing to me how upside down the kingdom of God is. Then, suddenly, a great company. Now, imagine if they were terrified before, okay, with one angel. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace. Isn't this sweet? The kingdom of God has peace and joy in it, right? On whom his favor rests. Now watch this. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another. Now imagine you're with your buddies, co-workers, whatever, and this happens to you. What, what's the next thing you're going to say? Bro, <laughs> did you, did we, what was in that pizza? Like, like, you'd just be like, that was, that was crazy. I'm, to, be, to keep it 100, if that were me, I'd be like, yeah, I'm out. I, like, that, that was frightening. And what's interesting to me is here's what they say. Let's go. Let's go. Let me ask you a question. How do you get from terrified to let's go? How do you get from... Man, this is, this is, I don't know how this is going to end. I don't know what's going to happen to let's go. The transition from terrified to let's go, that's the kingdom of God. And it's my hope for all of us as we enter 2024 that let's go would just come right off of our lips. You're terrified of what's going to happen at work? Let's go. You're, you're, you're terrified of what's going to happen in your family? Let's go. You're terrified of what's going to happen and who's going to be in, in charge of the United States. Let's go. See, the kingdom of God transcends the terrified that we have in our culture. The kingdom of God says, what's my finances going to look like next year? Let's go. And, and as we enter into this next year, 
Could, could we come with a mindset that the kingdom of God that was ushered in by a little baby is still the kingdom of God where he reigns and continues to reign, and he's seated at the right hand of the throne of the Father? And when the circumstances that happen to us, when they come into our, into our situation, into our neighborhood, into our schools, into our family, we say, let's go. Let's go. Because we're going to go see the king. See, I think one of the reasons that he came as a baby was that we would have to go to him instead of him coming to us. And they were terrified and they looked at each other and they're like, let's go. If I were to rewrite this in the Greek, I would have it say, let's go, son. <laughs> like, that's, that's what I'd say. <laughs> the shepherds look at each other, let's go, son, let's go get it, right? Now, here's the thing you have to understand. Shepherds don't leave sheep. They don't. It's kind of in their job description. And so there was a real risk of them leaving the sheep. A real risk. There was a risk to the sheep. There was a risk to their job. There was a risk to their livelihood. There was a risk to their families. But what did we say in the beginning? Some of our greatest joys come from our greatest risks. Yeah? And so they said, let's go. Let's go, son. Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in a manger. Now, when you look at, that was a sign, because I was thinking to myself, what kind of sign is that? Well, what, what a, that's the most obscure sign you could have. A baby lying in a manger? Like, when, when does that happen? That's not normal. And they, they take a risk. They go from terrified to let's go. They take a risk. They leave the sheep. They leave, the, 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 they leave certainty. They leave control. And they go find the king of kings. And watch what happens. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. God chose the shepherds to be the first evangelist. Again, I would pick LeBron, I guess, like somebody famous. But that's not the kingdom of God. The kingdom of God has you go from terrified to let's go. Mary, she treasures up all these things in her heart. And she uh, treasures up all these things and pondered them in her heart. These two Greek words kind of mean she made a list and just went, kept going over it. Kept going over it, mulling over it. Man, this is so bizarre. Shepherds came. How did they know? How did they know that I was going to be here? Oh, that's right, there's angels involved. That's right, the angel talked to Joseph. She just takes all these things and treasures them up. Watch what happens. This is the risk. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen. And they had heard and seen them because they took a risk, which were just as they had been told. So let me ask you this question, and then we'll, we'll wrap it up. What's God asking you to risk today? What's God asking you to risk this Christmas season? What's God asking you to risk in 2024? You don't need to answer it right now, but uh, as we head into 2024 and we head into a new series, this is one of the things that we're going to address. Some of the areas in our life where we need to risk in order to see more 
of our Heavenly Father and more of the kingdom of God. We're going to uh, do something a little different uh, this morning. We're going to end uh, with a song. And uh, if Ashley, if you would come on up. And uh, when she's done with the song, uh, you guys are, are dismissed. But I wanted to tell you again, Merry Christmas. And uh, we, just, we just pray a blessing upon you. And so what I'm going to do right now is typically uh, I give the blessing at the end of service. Um, but I'm going to uh, give it now. And you can stay seated. Uh, and, uh, and then when, Mary, uh, when uh, Ashley's done, we'll, uh, we'll end the service through that. So now, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. I pray that you would go in his wisdom, in his strength, and in his love. In Jesus' name, amen.